You're listening to RTI Audio, powered by Rocky Top Insider. This is Pancakes and Bacon with VFL, Tyler Kerbison, and Reed Bacon. Hello, Vault Nation. Welcome to another episode of Pancakes and Bacon. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerbison, joining Reed Bacon. Oh, man, football is back, and God, is it exciting. We just had some games this past weekend. Vols are playing Virginia coming up, uh, and we're going to break down everything, what we expect of that, and answer some fan questions from last week's pod. Um, so it should be a good one. Before we get into any of that, if you guys are watching, uh, please like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, leave a comment. Uh, we'd love interaction with the comments. Uh, if you're just listening, rate and review, download, re-download, and rate us five stars on all those listening platforms you may use. Uh, you can also follow us on social media, at Pancakes and Bacon on Twitter for our main account, at Pancakes and Bacon underscore RTI on Instagram. Uh, if you were looking to follow Reed, you can follow him at, at rbacon26. And then it's just at Kyler Kerberson for myself on all social medias. So check me out there. Uh, and without further ado, Reed, how we doing, bud? Let's go, kid. Let's He's go. He's excited. He's pumped. It's game week. I know. It's we've game got, week. We've hey, got about five different shades of orange. Throughout this background, the things behind me, your shirt, my shirt, but orange is good. So hey, I'm I'm very excited, very very excited. It just shows that we're on the same wavelength because we did not we did not talk about this. I no. I said uh, you know I, I rose from my Sunday slumber after a massive brunch and I said so what am I going to wear for uh, for the pod? I said it's game week, baby. Like it's got to be orange. But I said I've worn. A bunch of UT stuff, but I really haven't even worn anything worn. So I went to my, I mean, I usually run, this has kind of been my go-to for probably six, seven, eight years now. It's an old school polo that used, I love to, it. It used to be my dad's and, and he gave it to me when I was probably in college. And it's, so this has been my, my game wear for a long time. So I had to put it on. Yeah, it's sick. I like that a lot. Yeah. I thought the same thing. I, you know, I got options. I got black shirts. I got white, I got gray. And I was like, no, no, no. You could bust out the orange today. Yeah, yeah. You just UT wasn't good enough. It had to be UT orange. It feels different. It, yeah, it does. I mean, <laughs> let me let me say this. I did not prep you that I was going to ask you this. Go ahead. So, I don't. I'm not going to say it's the last time Tennessee played in Nashville, but the best of my knowledge, it was definitely the last time that we opened the season in Nashville against a, an opponent who we were better than and it was an early kick and it was really really hot and you were the starting left tackle and uh so so take us through were, were you so, so real quick real quick were you upset that you all were playing in Nashville and not in Neyland uh were you bummed that it was 11 o'clock and so it was going to be super super hot did you want a bigger team besides Bowling Green just a little bit of that stuff uh, no. So I was not upset. We we're playing in Nashville. It was actually, I think the first time I played in Nissan stadium. Uh, cause when we went to music city ball, that was before I got there. And that was really cool for me. Cause I grew up a Titans fan. So it was like, Oh, I get to play in Nissan stadium. I remember like looking up at the stuff and being like, Oh yeah. Like there's a retired numbers and like, Oh, this is really cool. Um, so I enjoyed that. I, I usually do like a, a early kickoff 
um, because you wake up, eat breakfast, and you're playing football. It's not laying around in the hotel all freaking day and waiting and waiting and waiting. The night games, I feel like I get freaking bed sores laying there waiting. Like it's it's not great. Um, I you know I was excited for the game, really enjoying it. It was you know the first game of my last year, um, so. I felt the best I had felt, right? Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I finally know who I am as a player and all that kind of stuff. So it was exciting to go into. It was by far the hottest game I've ever played in. It was absolutely miserable. So then, then you tack on multiple delays because of thunderstorms and humidity pops up out of nowhere, <laughs> makes it even worse. Um, but overall, it was great. I won. SEC Offensive Lineman of the Week that week uh, afterwards, and I played a pretty good game. I think I had like five or six knockdowns, so I was very happy. Knockdowns or pancakes? We called them knockdowns because technically like pancakes landed on somebody yeah. really doing it, but there are times where you get a good punch, you send a guy flying. Yeah. That's or, or you get a good rib shot on a pass pro, that's a knockdown. Yeah, I uh... – so let me ask you this too, real quick. What did y'all do about what did Butch and everybody do about the weather? Uh, besides, I'm guessing they were hounding you guys to be drinking. Did y'all do? I'm guessing you were drinking Gatorades, waters, Pedialytes, whatever. Uh, maybe throwing extra salt in the Gatorade. Did you all do any IVs? Did you guys have anything extra on the sidelines, like any of the big fans or anything? Or any guys that needed IVs would get IVs. Not everybody needed them. Um, we had two delays, so the first one was very, "Hey, just make sure you're drinking. You know, we're going to be out there not too soon. It's only thirty minute delay. Treat it like halftime. Eat snacks. You know, people were walking around like offering water, Gatorade, offering snacks the whole time. Then the second one lasted like an hour and a half two hours and they were like very much like hey after like 30 minutes like hey relax if you need to if you want to take off your pads you can that kind of thing i left it all i left it all on it's such a process it's such a process no way am i taking that off getting getting all your stuff on is in in a way it's uh it's it's an enjoyable process. It's an enjoyable part of the entire day and process of getting ready for a game. In, in a weird way, it's kind of like you are, you know, putting on your armor, getting ready for battle. Plus, we all have our different swag that we're going to do, and you're excited. And you all have everyone has their different sequence. Yeah, every and everyone kind of has their that own little bit, and you're excited. How is it going to look? And yeah, kind of getting ready. And you know, some people get their stuff on pretty quick, pretty early. Other people just put the pants on. Uh, obviously you big fellas have to wait till you get like three people that can help you put the pads on. And, uh, so yeah, I, I get it that in any delay, I mean, it's the last thing you're doing. I remember, yeah. spat, I remember trying to get spat off and, and losing those little tools. And little, I mean, that yeah, was, little scissors. Yeah. And that was like trying to rob a bank. I mean, <laughs> that stuff off. Yeah, dude, I had a, I had an entire system of everything that I put on because it was, it's not just like, pants, pads, and helmet. Like I've got elbow pads. I've got plastic thumb protectors that are taped on after I tape my wrists. Then I have tape on my top knuckles. And then I tape my fingers together like this. I also wear leg sleeves underneath the knee brace and you got to go leg sleeve, knee brace, 
then pants, pants. yeah you know and then and it's like i take my ankles then put your socks on then it's just like it's a whole whole thing I, yeah and honestly i wouldn't be upset to do it just one more time <laughs> just literally get ready one more like walk into the stadium one more time go through the whole routine one more time go over to the chiropractor get the back popped get some stretches in like i always do like that it would it would feel warm because it would just feel so comfortable to me you know this is so this is so embarrassing to admit i thought about this like a while a while ago say it let's get some numbers up <laughs> no it's not like that but i i thought i was like man it would be so dope if Kyler like asked Scott, you know, when we used to go over to practice, if we could, you know, put some of the stuff on and like do pictures for fun. And like, it's <laughs> like you and I, we, sh- we show up and we put these pads on and then we walk around and kneeling and act like we're coming out. Just be hilarious. <laughs> oh, what a photo shoot. I never got one as a recruit. They didn't have that shit when I was coming up. Be dope. So, uh, but anyways, no, the other thing I was going to ask is you were talking about. I'm talking about before the game, though, because you guys knew it was going to be so hot, uh, not during the breaks and stuff, but just your just your normal staying hydrated, drink as many Gatorades, waters as you can, all that stuff. Yeah. I Did- mean, I think everyone had their own system of that also, of like, I like to drink, you know, two waters at breakfast. I like to have a water on the bus as I go. I like to have this because we also did like, you would pick out what you wanted in your locker when you got there. So everybody had like certain snacks in their locker and a drink in their locker that they wanted when they got there. Mine was a PB&J bagel, a uh, Slim Jim, and some of the uh, little uh, gusher things that are like for, uh, they got like a bunch of B12 in them and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the piece de la resistance was the Gatorade with a little nipple on top. Oh. I love oh, those. Yeah. I love those. And it's got like little spots where you put your uh, finger. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. I could say a few things with the whole Gatorade and the nipple and the Slim Jim. And <laughs> I, the, I, I loved you a few there. A few yeah, yeah, this, uh, yeah, the Slim Jim and the Gatorade nipple. But anyways, okay, well, that, that's what I was curious about is they had anything extra. And y'all didn't have any cover on the side uh, of – of uh nissan like they didn't put anything up or have any big fans or anything okay no um some places they would have benches with fans just depending on where you were at um but i don't think they actually i think they did have them at nissan because the titans had them did you were you in the titans locker room uh no i feel like they shouldn't put either team in the yeah i think we were i think we were away and bowling in the away locker room. I remember it being kind of small. And the, what about the Bowling Green? No idea. No idea. I don't think they should put either team if they go to a stadium like that in the in the Titans locker room. Yeah. They should put them both in something different. I mean, they might for stadiums like the Titans where their practice facilities are somewhere else. But like, for instance, Gillette Stadium, their practice is at the stadium. Like it's the same locker room, so they're never putting other people in there if someone were to play there wait say that again i thought wait like gillette stadium their practice facilities are in the stadium and connected to the stadium so they don't go yeah they don't go to a separate place so if anybody were else were to play there a college team a high school team whatever they're not going to use that locker room i got you i got you okay okay because people shits in there i mean it's like yeah you, you get shit stolen 
Yeah, you'd have people over there taking selfies and, and at Tom's. You yeah. Know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready to talk Virginia. I got a few things and I'll let you rip. <laughs> okay. All right. If you want to go first, we can do that. Yeah. So um here's here here's the here's the quick deal. You know, I could go and look back at Virginia and look at some of the players and name some of these guys off. And if you've done that, great. That's fine. I'm, yeah. I'm going to hear some about that stuff on the radio and reading stuff this week. Um, but truly they're a faceless opponent. Um, and what no, I care, what I care about this week is, and this is what I expect. So this is what I care about, but this is what I expect. First off, the defense is going to be swarming. It, the defense is always swarming. It's the first game of the year. It's an opponent that you know you're better than. And so instead of being a little bit worried and being like, I got to get that extra read step, you're kind of like, I'm going to be the first one to the ball because we're all trying to eat. Like, you know the difference of I can kind of pin my ears back and go or I need to maybe read my keys a little bit better. What do you What do you think the odds are that we get a, a turnover on the first play again, like like last year? I don't. I don't think that to Mary yeah. getting a pick on the first yeah. play. I yeah, I don't think that happens. But you're going to see the defense flying around with bad intentions. Yeah, it's going to be who's going to get the big hit, who's going to get the turnover. A lot of swag's going to be out there. A lot of a lot of juice is going to be out there. So that's what I expect to see, and that's why you know I think I'll see it. And I expect to see it. Um, offensively, I don't think you're going to see the whole game. You're not going to see the whole playbook, just like you didn't in Bowling Green. No. He's going to he's going to run it. Uh, he's going to he's going to establish the run. I do hope and expect that we can bully them up front on the offensive line and run it at will. Um, he will take some deep shots. It's not going to be as as um, as uh, vanilla as Bowling Green was, but it's going to be pretty vanilla. Um, it, it's just it's that weird thing of um, pe- people know who Tennessee is now. At that point, they're like, "What's what's this Josh Heupel offense about?" And he had Pitt the next week. You're still you're going to see some deep shots. You're going to yeah. see some, some more throwing than you did in the Bowling Green game. But it's going to be very much run it. You're not going to maybe see any cool, really, you know, different draws or screens or different like little nuances that catch you and I. Be like, oh, that was dirty. High yeah. So was- prime example, you're going to see a deep shot with a wide receiver literally covered. He comes off the line. He runs a seam. He runs a go, and it's a deep shot because he runs past the corner. There's right. nothing special about that. It is literally a receiver is a good receiver and faster than the other guy. What you're not going to see, which you are going to see later on in the season, are the ones that look like a wide receiver screen, but Brew's running down the sideline. It's the tight ends coming out there to block, and it looks like something else, and all of a sudden, Jalen Hyatt catches a touchdown versus LSU. Those kinds of things, you're just not going to see that because Michael's not going to give it away. He's going to do all the setup plays. He's going to like watch this little motion out there. Look what this looks like. And Florida's going to study it. And they're not going to know what's coming off of it when someone runs a freaking crossing pattern the other direction. I'm um, so happy. I'm so happy you called, so called it a setup play because the great, the great offensive minds do that and they set it up and it's yeah. set up week to week. It's set up drive to drive, you know, game to game. So I'm glad you called it that. So yeah. Um, the only thing that I and I do expect to see this is so that so so for my three things, um, my third thing would be clean football. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't necessarily have to mean clean execution. I, I get it. It's the first game of the year. It's the first time it's live bullets. And so, you, you, you know, you're going to have some penalties. Um, you, you know, you, 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 some of your um, connections might not be there, meaning, oh, it's an overthrow or your timing's not there. But what I want to see is, you know, I don't want to see any turnovers. I'm okay with a little bit of penalties. And like I said, just, oh, it's third and six. We missed the throw or it's third and three. We missed our block. We got a punt. I, I get that. That's that's first game of the year. I just don't want real, like when I mean sloppy, I don't want turnovers, um, bone. Unnecessary roughness penalties. Right. Right. So it's like, it's like these, these little penalties, these little miscommunications. Okay. I don't want these major penalties, major turnovers, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Face masks, stuff like that. Where it's just like, come on, dude. Yeah. So, so that, that's kind of, that's all I want for Virginia. I want for, for this first game against Virginia defense to be swarming, juiced out of their mind, swarming to the ball, Mm -hmm. good open field tackling, Offense is going to be vanilla, run the rock, take a couple deep shots. Your athletes are better. Go win the game, go handle the game, and don't do anything catastrophic with turnovers or penalties. Yeah. Um, I'm totally with you. That's exactly what I want to see. I, you know, the clean part of it makes me feel good. You know, when we can have a game where, okay, I'll take one pre stat penalty, but we've maybe got like four overall. To, like total penalties right. to the game. Like right. it's like, okay, we're good. Four penalties, zero turnovers, nothing egregious. Okay, I'll take it. Um with Virginia, we're big favorites uh going into it. Everyone thinks that most likely we're gonna win. I think there's still fans out there, whether it be on the Virginia side or Tennessee side, that are nervous. I, I think there's Tennessee fans that are out there going, I don't know what this team is gonna be. Um, just because it's the first game, let me settle your guys's minds right now with what I looked up. So last year, Virginia three and seven for people who don't know anything about Virginia, three and seven in Tony Elliott's first year there as, as a head coach, he came in and kind of adjusted everything that they were doing. They lost a good amount of guys because of, you know, which direction he was going. Those guys came there for the coach beforehand. Um, they <laughs> they have a new quarterback that is from Monmouth, which is like a D2 school, uh, who was fine there. At, at over eight games, he had 2,000 yards, 17 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 64% completion percentage. Fine. He's a fine quarterback. The best thing about him is his damn name, Tony Musket. If that's not a freaking quarterback name, I don't know what it is. Kind of nice. It's got it's real nice. Like that's a freaking quarterback name. Um, but he's their transfer quarterback. He's their starter. They don't have any other depth behind him. They lost their leading tackling linebacker from last year in both of their starting corners from last year. Cut one to the draft, one transfer to Florida State. They, um, and the the biggest part is the offensive line, because you know I was looking at that. People don't ever look into it, but I do. And in the twenty twenty two off season, so spring of twenty twenty two, after 
Tony Elliott gets there. They lose six offensive linemen that had started. So at least started one game, six of them, whether it be the transfer portal or graduating. This past offseason, they lost five, whether it be transfer or graduating, starting offensive linemen. So they are now, their oldest guy is a junior, plays center. Everyone else is pretty much a sophomore and a couple freshmen. And it's sketchy right now in the offensive line. 11 offensive lines in two years. In two years, they have lost 11 offensive linemen. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Yikes is right. You, you, I don't care how much you're recruiting. You cannot cover that amount of loss in two seasons. Like, it is very difficult. Um, and so, like, I, I was just looking into it, and it's, it's it, they have a new O-line coach this year also. And it was funny. Like, I was, like, reading articles, reading through, like, what they said in the spring. And their leader on their offensive line, their center, um, was like, yeah, we just got to be more consistent. He goes, when we do well, or when we do well, we look good. But when we do bad, we look terrible. Oh, oh, like, oh, oh, buddy. <laughs> I was like, oh, I love to hear that. <laughs> like, like, listen, do well and look good versus do bad and look terrible. It's like, okay, if you guys mess up, shit's going awry. So you're telling me that uh, Omari Thomas and uh, Tyler Barron and Roman Harrison and Joshua Joseph are uh, – uh, Eat. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. So um, I, I, I I'm excited. When, whenever whenever O line talk is like, e, I don't know what this team's gonna look like. Oh, oh yeah, baby. I like yeah. that. I like just like Oklahoma was chomping at the bit my junior year when we replaced five starters across the offensive line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um I, only thing I like about Virginia, and I watched some of their games when they had Bronco, Bronco Mendenhall, but I just like their jerseys. So that's basically the only thing I really like about Virginia. Um, I, I, before we get into the fan questions, I have to bring this up. I love Danny White for what he what he's ch- chirped back. I yes. Mean, bro. Incredible. That, that is the most perfect. I can't believe we haven't talked about it yet. That is That is the most perfect chirp back. And I, I like it because I think that I would have done the exact same thing. A lot of times it's like, hey, like, you know, don't don't give it any credit. Like, don't talk about it. Like, just keep keep it moving. Yeah. But I feel like Danny has done such an amazing job since he's been here with interacting, like on social media, whether it's with with fans and asking different questions. And he hasn't said anything stupid, so we know that you know we can trust him. He's not going to go out there and. Um, you know, just be yapping about a bunch of nonsense. And I feel, I still think it was like, you know, somewhat professionally done. Yeah. But I just thought I, I put myself in that situation. I was like, oh, that's exactly what I would have said because it would have infuriated me for him. And it's like, Tony, I, and, and I'm not knocking the fact that Tony did not maybe feel right in his heart. He, he, and listen, he could have been looking in the mirror and been like, yo, Tennessee's a disaster right now. I'm, I, do I really want to go there and, and, and take on something and it be, um, yeah, you know, it'd be two years and I'm gone and these people fire me first off. Like if you had that real conversation with yourself 
And that's a that's an honest conversation to have because of where Tennessee was and him being like a first time head coach. Like I get it and I respect it. But then again, like I can say this now because of hypo, I don't want someone like that. That if they are worried about the situation, don't come here because we yeah. got a guy that said, "F it, I don't care what's going on. Give me the job, I'll take it, and I'll turn the son of a bitch around." And that's what yeah. he did. It's 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 someone that believes in everything else that Tennessee has to offer to know like if I get there, I can I can make this something. Right, right. That's they what have, I they, believe. It's, it's, it might be bad, but at the foundation, there is still something that is so solid. And and the only reason it is bad is because people made bad decisions. The foundation is not bad. So if, mm-hmm. if they made bad decisions, so if you go and make good decisions, it's going to grow on that foundation. And you really thought that Virginia was better for you. And once again, it would be better for you because you're uh, a, a little bit in a um, – it's better situation if someone who's a little scared for their first opportunity. Who, I would say a, so. A hundred out of a hundred people are going to choose to be the head head football coach at the University of Tennessee compared to Virginia. But with his situation where he was, so most people are going to say that Virginia job might be a little bit easier because – they don't care as much. It's a basketball it's school. What's that? It's safer. safer. Yes, it's it's a basketball school. They're not going to care as much. They'll give you a little bit more time. All that mm-hmm. stuff. Hey, if that's the case, see you. Go be safe. Because we want to win national championships, and we want to be at, at, at the top of college football. And Hypo believed in that. And, and so I've, I, made, I've made this point so many times of, like, you head coaching, your first head coaching job, you don't want to go to an SEC school because you are gone in two years if you're not good enough. Guess what? You can go to a Big Ten school. There's a lot of them up there. Illinois, all those, Maryland, Rutgers. You can go to an ACC school. You can go to Virginia. You can go to freaking Duke. You can go to North Carolina. If you make a bowl, one bowl game in three years, you're still going to have your job. Listen to this. You're you're still going to have your job. They're still going to give you chances because it's not that big of a deal. I just had, listen, I just have it pulled up. So this is perfect for your argument. Al Groh was at um, Virginia for nine years, and he went 59 and 53. Then you got Mike London, who was – then you got Mike London, who was there for six years, and he was and he was 27 and 46. Bronco Mendenhall was there for six years and went 36 and 38. You can literally go there, get paid millions, and just be the safer out. So that's fine, Tony. Like, I get it. Like, I understand, but, like, we don't, we don't want safe here. We want someone to come in and be a dog. And so I just love that – that yeah. that he went back and said that as if like Tony Tony did like he had the opportunity to come here and he turned us down like get the fuck out of here. And Your the best crazy. part about that tweet was like I didn't say anything before. That's what he said. Like I didn't say anything before when I saw it the first time. Right. But I gotta speak up now. Yeah. Yeah. He was not offered the job. He was interviewed. Right. But no one offered him anything. Right. And that's all, that's all it is. And and it also proves the point that like Danny White is running his Twitter. It's not just some intern that's posting out little go vols and little questions. He actually is like, I got to say something because this is pissing me off. Yeah. It's his job, right? It's, it's, they're literally talking about what he does by saying like, Oh, I got an offer and everything like that. It's like, don't lie about my, my shit, man. Right. Right. So I, I love it. No, I think that's a great point, Kyler. In effect, it's him and his job, and it is putting stuff out there that might not be true, and that that's his livelihood. And yeah, exactly. So, um, all right, fan questions, fan questions. Let's we have do it. we have to start 
with James Fair because James is great. He's been a great yes. follower, great yes. listener. James even bought one of our our shirts when we were both believe. His question was, who is the big and little spoon between you and I? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and say, I personally think that if we were going to do this, I think we would both be the big and little spoon. I think we would, I think we'd be caring and we would each enjoy <laughs> being the big and little. Now, preferably, I always like to be little, but I don't know. I don't want to do that to you. You know, that's unfair. If you if you want to if you want to feel comforted and loved around my big masculine arms and, and <laughs> belly, then that's fair to you. Here, I'll say this. I do enjoy being a little spoon every now and then. See, I know, and you I guarantee you never get to be one. And I even if I have been able to be one before, but my wife is five four, um, and a smaller woman. So it doesn't really feel like much. It just feels like someone's kind of hanging out behind me. Um, <laughs> you, got like a, you got like a little, uh, like a little koala bear just around your neck. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's kind of how it is. Um, but I will say that when you think of it logically, who is actually going to be better at being a big spoon? It's me. It's always you. You're yeah. So, so, so when you think about it in those terms, it's like, well, Kyler, obviously, like he he knows how to hug you tight. He knows to scoop the knees up to make sure you feel real nice and at home um, and don't feel like anything can touch you. Right. You're protected here. Scoop in the, fellow's arms. Scoop the knees up. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I've been told on multiple occasions I'm a great hugger. So, you know, I'm not tooting my own horn, but toot toot. Great hugger. Great lover. He just <laughs> He's just a great personal personal protector. Yeah, exactly. All right, we got one here from uh, Wes. Thanks, uh, thanks, James. I appreciate that question. Yeah, it was great. I started cracking up, bro. I'm always <laughs> cracking up when people are on there talking about like me touching my hair or like us like being gay for each other, just whatever. <laughs> I'm always cracking up with stuff like that. All right, so we have Wes uh, McLaughlin, maybe nine three six nine. I think if we lose Cooper for an extended period of time, we're in trouble. What? That's not even a question. That's a statement. But I've seen a bunch of stuff when Cooper went out. You're the center. I mean, excuse me. You're the offensive lineman. Be quick on this. Do you really? Do you think if he's out for six games that we could be in trouble? It does make me more nervous for Florida away games, um, not having a veteran there. I definitely wouldn't say every other game I feel good about, like Virginia, Austin P. Uh, is it UTSA that's in between Florida and South Carolina? Uh, South Carolina, because we're at home. Like, I feel good about all those games. Florida would be the one I'm scared about because you're away. It's very loud, raucous. You're trying to do a time snap count with something. That worries me. But. Cooper also got this, you know, little surgery about three and a half weeks ago. You know, they planned this out in an attempt to say, hey, if you're going to do it, do it now so we can have you back by Florida. That's probably what their thought process was. And as soon as it happened, they go, all right, Addison, get some snaps. Carrot, get some snaps. Ollie, get some snaps. Sprags, get some snaps. Every interior offensive lineman was snapping. I guarantee it. All of them were getting reps at center 
if it's not even team, it's individual drills. It's one-on-one drills. It's you're doing tied, which is what we called the drills, just inside run. Like they had enough, they have enough time to get someone ready. Um, But I can't say that Cooper's not like a big loss. Like Cooper being out there, kind of leading the offensive line, telling everybody where to go is a strength that we have this year. have a veteran guy there. But I still think we can be okay. But to his point, there is some trouble when you get to away games and you have the backup center, the guy with less experience. So that does make me nervous to Florida. So, okay, understood. I uh, Yeah, I think I, I – and I need to give Cooper credit. I think I get – like so used to him being there, but then also used to us playing without him, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, because he did get hurt a little bit last year. I thought it was – I actually thought it was two years ago, but that he – I know he had that ankle injury, but maybe he was banged up last year as well. But what I was going to say is it's like the physical side of it because he's not an overwhelming big guy. So I'm like, oh, we can replace the size and, and yeah. probably his physical inside. But you're right, it's the mental and it's the it's the away game. So I, it's a great point by you. Um, yeah. The things is – uh, from Tucker Johnson, 1845, and he's talking about our comments that we've made about Jabari Small potentially still being running back number one. I don't even think running back number one truly matters I because I, both of them are going to play. We're going to have multiple guys that play a good amount. Does it really matter who goes out there the very first time when the next guy comes in two plays later? No, it doesn't. But so – so Tucker says, hey, guys, just curious with the running backs. What have you all seen in small that makes you still think he's running back one outside of just time in the system? I think there's pretty clear separation between right and even towards the end of the year, Samson, where in terms of playmaking, overall usefulness, they kind of just left small in the dust. Hold on. Then the right below that is Rick, Bo- uh, Rick Bowman, 3845. Right is RB1, big gap over anyone else in the room in fall camp. Um and uh, then uh, Rick also had mentioned something that we said that Beasley will play the same linebacker position as last year. Um, and then he made a comment about Cooper. And I asked him where he heard that. Uh, I responded to him, asked him where he heard that. And he said that he heard it from Austin Price. Uh, so it must have been on one of the whatever on three or VolQuest or whatever Austin is that he must have reported about. Jalen Wright. Now you are smirking because you and I both know uh, we we knew this going. How do I say this? We knew going in to this fall camp, or uh, we knew going into this summer camp. I hate calling it fall camp because it sounds weird for non-footballers. But going into this yeah. summer training camp, we knew that you had to be very very careful about what you hear from certain media members in this. We knew that. Well, it got absolutely solidified from conversations that you had, not you and I, but what you had with UT Brass. And so I'm just going to say, be careful what you hear. I'm not saying Austin's wrong. I'm not saying he's right. We just know where he gets his information and how that information is delivered to him. And I don't know if he even knows that it's kind of like, hey, they might be telling you the truth or they might be telling you something that they want out there, but mm-hmm. it's it's not the actual case type deal. Because get yeah. coaches play coaches play these games all the time. Yeah. Um and so 
I, I think I think we'll just leave that there. Um, I think for you and I, now we did not go to practice this year. No. We were there in uh, – well, we didn't go to summer training camp. We went to spring practice. And you and I have had conversations about this. So, uh, to tee you up, you still believe in Jabari Small because you know – Correct me if I'm wrong, that the coaches still really love having that veteran leadership, a guy who they can count on holding the onto the rock. He isn't like he's not good, you know, in the open field or running or hitting holes. Maybe he just had some durability issues, but most importantly, he's probably the best that we have in blitz pickup going into this year. Yeah. I mean, when, <laughs> I, when you break it down, who is the more consistent back? It's Jabari Small. Like, I don't, he's the most consistent of any running back we have in that room. I love Jalen. I think Jalen has big play potential. You saw it versus Vandy, you saw it versus Kentucky, hurdling dudes. But you've also seen him just absolutely whiff on blitz pickup. You've seen him fumble really bad. And you just don't see that much out of Jabari. You really don't. Like, Jabari's got a little bit more savviness to him, he, he understands what's going on a little bit more. I also think he's better at making people miss than Jalen is. I I, I like Jalen. I think Jalen's got a lot of speed to him, but I haven't seen a lot of times where it's one-on-one safety versus Jalen, and he's hum and making dude fall over. I've seen it multiple times from Jabari. His well, one guy. They're just different runners. I mean, yeah. they're, they're just different runners. I mean, Jalen's more of that one cut and hit it power, and he'll run you over, and Jabari's more of that wah wah in and out, make a guy miss, stuff like that. They still both have uh, home run potential. But, yeah, they're just they're just different players. But I think you and I just – we just know that these coaches in college and Tennessee's coaches shown it a lot. Like, they love the veteran. Like, they love the person who's been around, that they can, like, a.k.a. the Tank McCullough, a.k.a. Yeah. Jacob Bourne. Like, those guys are always going to – you know, be the starters and get a lot of playing time, even if there's someone behind him that might be a little bit more talented. Yeah. But because th- th- think about it, like when you're playing sports and if you've got two guys that are, we'll even say this guy's a little bit more athletic, a little bit better, but you can't trust him as much as this one. This guy's starting a hundred out of a hundred times because that's what the jobs coach, the, 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 the coach's jobs on the line on that stuff. Yeah. J- Jalen's ceiling might be higher than Jabari's, but his floor is lower. So Jabari is more consistent and a- able to figure things out and able to do things on a consistent basis. And you, when the coach puts him in, he's not worried, right? He he has less worry, not thinking, I don't know what might happen on this play. It's like, I know what's going to happen with Jabari. I know he's going to read. I know he's going to be able to cut back to the backside B gap. It, sometimes when you're the running another running back, you're like, I know that if he finds the hole, he'll score a touchdown but I don't know if he's going to find the hole. It's just like little stuff like that. I, I have to trust the guy I'm putting out there more than his ability once he's out there. Yeah. They, they call plays for him to be, to be run properly and executed. If you, can't exactly. run, if you can't run the play properly or execute it, it doesn't matter how good you are in the open field. You're not going to get to the open field. No. <laughs> and, and this is not, this is not an attack on Rick. I, I, Rick came back and said, hey, love the pod after I responded to him. So, and I need to respond back to him. So, Rick, thank you for saying that. I just thought it was, I just don't know where it would be so glaring. And I don't know why Austin Price would even report. And I think, I think it's a good question that he put out there because I think a lot of people think the same thing. 
Yeah, no, no, no. Great question. But what I and, and, and what I was gonna say is I just don't like the statement that if, if Austin Price really said right is RB one and there's a big gap over anyone else in the room, I, that that there's no way for A for him to know that. And I personally do not see the coaches ever saying that. I don't no. see the running back coach saying that. I don't see no. Joey Halsey saying that. And I don't see Coach Heupel saying that. There, there's, there would be nothing for them to gain to come out and say that. So where the fuck is Austin Price getting that? He doesn't get to watch actual practice. So it's like I just don't know. Like to say a big gap, that that's that's kind of crazy talk. Like in, that's in- where that's where like the in the media realm where people make the statements and they they say the stuff you got to really think of okay where did they get this information coaches aren't going to say that to media members guys they're just not they never will why do you think everyone was so annoyed with coach jones and the way he did interviews because he wasn't telling y'all shit he wasn't going to tell you anything same thing with coach hype and coach halsey and everyone's trying to find out the starting five, and they're like, we got a lot of good pieces. We got people here, but they're not going to give that away. They're not going to no. give that away. And it's just at, because I don't really think, and I'll wait to see what my eyes tell me this year, but like, I don't think there's a big gap over really any of them in there. I mean, maybe a little bit, but a big gap to me is is Bijan Robinson, and then our next guy, in the, and we don't have a Bijan Robinson. So I, yeah. you know, that that one. But the, and the other thing is too for me just to finish it off here with that talk. I don't really care who running back one is because all of them are going to get opportunities. And if you make the most of your opportunity, you'll get more touches. If you don't, you won't. So they're all pretty similar. You both get 15 touches a game. Who cares who starts? It's however much you take advantage of it. There's another one on here. JW is going to be running back one for sure. I think small is running back two. Okay. Like, you know, that's just that's they, what that's why I said it was a great question because I think a lot of people think Jalen has just like solidified himself over everyone else and is like the best running back we've ever seen. I get it, I understand where you guys are going. Like I said, his ceiling is really high, but I love a nice consistent running back in Jabari Small. Hey, Jabari doesn't let me down. And and I gotta reward him for that. Yeah. Well, I also know that as you being the offensive alignment, because we've talked about this even back in like the high school days, <laughs> you would get so pissed if someone just didn't hit the hole like they're supposed to, because it would be blocked correctly and they'd get three yards. And it's like, hey, you could have had eight there. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. What the fuck are you looking at? <laughs> I mean, that's literally how every offensive lineman feels. Uh, like, you're just like, look. Look at this freaking hole that I made for you. Where are you going? Classic. Um, all right, give me one more. Uh, this is just going to be something that's brought up. I, I, I put it out on Twitter, and I don't know if other people saw it, but someone asked for us on a Bennett Warren breakdown. There's been We've had other recruits commit, uh, and we haven't talked about them. That's just something that we're not going to do right now. The only time we may do that is one pod after everyone signed, but mm-hmm. there's just, we're just not going to be doing that. There's reasons for it. Uh, yeah, it's a little strategic reasons. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, dang it. I, I, um, <laughs> dude, I, I need to go back to the, the other pod real quick. Cause there was one, I need to shout out who it was. I'll go ahead and ask the question. And I thought it was a great question and we'll finish with this. Um, do we think that teams are going to play us like we played Florida last year, meaning 
hey, if we're going to make AR beat us with his arm, are we? Do you think teams are going to try to stop our run and make Joe Milton beat them? And uh, mm. let me. I know I just saw that. Give me a second. I'm going to say who it was. Oh yeah, it's uh, uh, Russell Rossi, one one four nine. Do y'all think teams will try and do to us what we did to Florida last year and try to make Joe win with his arm until he proves he can make throws? And then he says, with that being said, I love Joe and excited to see him eat. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's a lot, that's a good one for us to finish. Uh, finish yeah. Because um, I, I do think that's a, I think that's a good point. I, I think it's a good point. Uh, I would. I think so too. I I I I didn't really think about it before, but if I was a defensive coordinator going into it, that is the strategy I would have, right? I I I have seen Joe be bad. I've also seen Joe be good. Right. So what can I do? I go back. I watch the Orange Bowl game. I watch this nice, really good Clemson defense go against him and he performs. He missed a couple balls, but he performs. My thing is, whatever a defense decides to do, it really comes down to our execution. When Tennessee played the number one defense last year in Georgia, we did not perform very well. Um, we didn't score points. We weren't able to get the ball going, but that's also a one-on-one ball thrown up to Cedric Tillman gets picked. Uh, a, a Princeton fan gets overthrown on a deep, like 50 yard route. Uh, Jalen Hyatt gets overthrown on one, um, Sprague's leans on Jalen Carter and, and gives up a, a sack in the end zone there's execution points that that is what makes a difference. Okay. Load the damn box. If Joe can execute a great play fake, then we're going to get a a first down. There's going to be a dig coming across the middle. We're going to get a first down. There's going to be a post that Joe can hit. You know what the easiest pass in the world is for a quarterback? Something that's coming across the middle right in front of his face. Okay. How many times can we do that? We can take advantage of it. All right. People are coming up in the in the box. They're trying to attack that. I just think that Hypel and the way that he is and the way that he runs his offense makes it to where it doesn't matter what you do, right? It doesn't matter if you go up to stop the run. It doesn't matter if you spread out to stop the screens. It doesn't matter if you drop back to stop the deep ball. We hit you with the other thing. Right, come in the box. I hit you with the screen. You're you're two on two out there. I'll trust my receiver to make you miss. Back everybody up. I'll hit you with the screen. I'll hit my receivers back there. Play zone deep. Play your corner ten yards off. I'm gonna get five yards on first down, no matter what. Spread out. Get into the you know the gaps between uh, one and two of the receivers. Have a short man box. I'm gonna run it down your throat. I'm gonna run read option with Joe. So I have two runners. There, there's just when you when you have the weapons that we have, defenses can try and do what they can. The only way to stop this is if you have fantastic DBs who can play man coverage. That's the only way you stop this kind of offense. Well, and a dog dog front front four. Yeah, if you can get to the quarterback with four and you can play straight up man defense on wide receivers and not give up PIs, then you can stop our offense. But that's a big ask. So, so I think you just uh, kind of went on a tangent about you, how much you love Heupel and uh, how good he is. To answer yeah. the question, I, and I think you kind of said it, but yes, I do think if, if I was 
defense coordinators, I would, what I would do is definitely sell out to stop the run, make Joe beat you with his arm, but I'm going to add something else to it. I'm going to make Joe earn it. I'm going to play everyone very deep, uh, especially my safeties. I'm going to have devised something where I said, if Tennessee's going to beat us, it is going to be where Joe has to earn it and take what he's given. I'm going to make him throw, damn, 12 to 15 times on a drive where it's hitches, slants, digs. The deepest thing I'm giving up is like a deep out. I am not giving up one of these free, butt-naked, over-the-top, and they score in three plays. That is my goal. Now, yeah. is, can you do it? I don't know because some great defensive minds have tried to stop it, and, and they, they haven't been able to really yet besides maybe one game. But I'm going to say, yes, we're selling out on the run. We're going to get into throwing downs, and we're going to make Joe earn it all the way down the field. So Yeah. Of course, make him throw more than he's comfortable with. Make him make more throws, make more plays out of the drive. You do not want a three-play drive. You want a 15-play drive. Right. That's the kind of stuff you want to force as a defense because it's more opportunities for somebody to mess up. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes that's what you got to do. If the team's better than you, you just got to say, you got to hold on tight, try to defend a blade of grass and hope they mess up because if neither of us mess up, they're better. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, all right, brother. Game week. Game week, baby. We'll see, so excited. We'll, Can't wait. We'll, we'll see you in uh, in three pods. Yeah, sorry to everybody. I, I, I am out. I'm going on vacation next Saturday after the game, so I'll be able to watch it before I get on the plane. But I'm, I'm out for two weeks, so I'm, I'm missing Virginia pod. I'm missing Austin P pod, but I'm back for Florida. See you, big fella. See you, man. All right. Uh, Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. If you are watching, please like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and leave comments. Uh, We love them. We'd like to answer them uh, here on the podcast with some of your fan questions. If you're just listening, rate and review, download, re-download, and rate us on all those listening platforms. Five stars, please. Um, if you want to follow us on social media at pancakes and bacon, uh, for our main account on Twitter at pancakes and bacon underscore RTI on Instagram. Uh, if you want to follow Reed, his is at our bacon 26 on Twitter. And then it's just at Kyler Curson for myself on all social medias. So check me out there, ah, man. And as always go balls.